It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr, and you are Locked On Reds. And here we go. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into your only daily podcast for your Cincinnati Reds. My name is Jeff Carr. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to today's show. Today, we've got a lot to unpack from a brilliant game at Great American Ballpark on Tuesday night. We'll talk about the Reds' win over the Braves. But before we get to that, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Also, check us out on the new podcasting app, Himalaya, and look up social media at Locked On Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And then head on over to LockedOnReds.com. So, Tuesday night, the Reds pulled out a one-run win. They actually improve their one-run game record to 3-7. and seven. You know, it's still not great. Still got work to do there. But they also still have work to do in the season record at 9-13 and 13 now. So, they're right there. That difference of three and seven makes up the difference in nine and 13, but they got the win on a team effort. You know, they got the hitting when they needed it and they got the pitching when they needed it. The only thing that was a little concerning was the defense, but Hey, when you win, we're going to focus on the good. And there was a lot of good coming from the Reds. And in fact, even when you look at the pitching, when you look at the starting pitching performance by Sonny Gray, his line does not tell the whole story. In fact, the first nine batters that he faced, he struck out six of them. And he finished with nine strikeouts in five and a third innings. He ran into some trouble there in the sixth inning. But a lot of that was due to some defensive miscues. You know, Jesse Winker trying to make a sliding catch when I don't really think he needed to try to make a sliding grab. I thought maybe he could have just reached out for it, but that's just me. That was his defensive inefficiencies kind of rearing its ugly head out there. And because of that, that led to a couple of runs for the Braves where the Reds had a 3-0 lead. It disappeared and turned into a one-run deficit. But they came back in a very quick way. The Reds drew nine walks on the night. In fact, that's been kind of a bugaboo really for the Braves early on this season they have a lot of walks as a pitching staff and it continued tonight seven of those walks came from the bullpen in fact there were a couple of instances where you saw a left-handed reliever come in to face a left-handed Reds hitter and he just walked him so it was completely inefficient for the Braves manager Brian Snitker as he was trying to play the matchups but If you don't throw strikes, it doesn't matter what hand you throw with. And the Reds took advantage of it. It was a great night for Jose Iglesias. He had another multi-hit game on the season. 
And like I mentioned on Twitter, I was not told that this Jose Iglesias guy would also bring a bat. I was told he was just bringing a glove, in which he flashed that a little bit tonight. He made a very key play, a key fielder's choice late in the seventh inning whenever it looked like the Reds were trying or whenever it looked like the Braves were trying to come back on the Reds after the Reds had just taken the lead over. And with a runner on first and one out, a ground ball was hit straight at Iglesias and the Braves runner was just going on contact and Iglesias was able to flip it to Suarez at third for the tag and they got the lead runner. It was a very good pivotal moment for the Reds in that inning. And then also, you know, I'll give credit where credit's due. Sonny Gray, he laid down a really great bunt and moved some runners over there. And Derek Dietrich also had a bunt to beat the shift. So, yeah, sometimes bunting works. And also, sometimes bunting works for the Reds when the Reds don't even do it. Because in the ninth inning... The leadoff hitter for the Braves hit a double, and I believe it was Mitch Morse hit a double, and then Ozzie Albies came up and just overthought it. There was some belief that he may have, of his own accord, decided to bunt, and what happened was he just popped it straight up in foul territory, and Tucker Barnhart ran over and got the catch. It was a nice, easy out, and bunting rocks whenever the other team is doing it. So I was happy to see that. Overall, though, just a great performance. It was funny to see that David Bell actually ran through every single pitcher in his bullpen except for Zach Duke. Now, Michael Lorenzen didn't pitch, but he did play center field in the ninth inning. However, six relievers were ran out on the mound. It started with Bob Steve, who came in to bail out Sonny Gray in the sixth inning. And my God, goodness, Bob Steve just delivered eight straight sliders and got two strikeouts. You know, he struck out the remaining two batters in the inning. There was a runner on third with one out, and they bring in Robert Stevenson, and he promptly gets two quick strikeouts to shut the inning down. It was just magnificent work by him. And as I tweeted out, that was the fifth inherited runner that he'd seen this year. He's only allowed one inherited runner of those five to score. That is a good trend to continue. Hopefully he'll do it. But absolutely magnificent stuff from him. A little bit of a troubling uh, outing for Jared Hughes. He came in in the eighth inning and struggled as he gave up a walk that came around to score and cut it to a one-run game. And, you know, he was able to come up with a strikeout of the Braves catcher with a man on third. And then with two outs, Amir Garrett was brought in from the bullpen and promptly got a ground out on just one pitch. So it was a great team effort by the Reds in this roller coaster game to begin this three-game homestand. And I'm going to get a little bit more in-depth with the game in just a moment. Make sure, though, that you remember to use your voice activation function on your smart device to get to the Lockdown Reds podcast. All you have to do is say, hey, smart device, play podcast Locked On Reds, and it'll pull right up for you. It's a great way to get to the podcast in the car when maybe you're in traffic or something of that nature, and it'll pull right up for you. Let's talk a minute about BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com 
has an introductory offer for the Locked On Reds listeners. You just go to bluechew.com, B-L-U-E-Chew.com, and enter promo code MLB for a free introductory offer. You just pay $5 in shipping, and it gets sent straight to your door. What Blue Chew is, is a generic form of Viagra. It has the same, you know, the same uh, active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis, and it's in a chewable form, so it works faster. It's the kind of thing that if you want a performance boost in the bedroom, it's going to get you what you want in a quick way. That's bluechew.com. Enter promo code MLB for a free introductory offer. BlueChew.com is a sponsor of the Locked On Reds podcast, and we thank them for sponsoring today's episode. New game day shirt, boom, cash back. Food for the tailgate, boom, cash back. Even buying a round can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. You're listening to the Locked on Reds podcast here on a Wednesday. Happy hump day, Reds fans. Last night's game, the the ninth inning, top of the ninth inning, was quite uh, interesting. As I had mentioned, the Braves let off that inning with a double, putting the pressure on Rysel Iglesias right away. You know, it was kind of fun to talk about that he had struck out nine straight batters. And as the Reds brought him in, it was almost like, ooh, let's see if he can extend that streak. I believe it was like the second pitch of the at-bat to Mitch Morse. He just clobbered a double into the gap in right center field and kind of shut that down real quick. And then the next batter, Ozzy Albies, messed up on a bunt. And then following him, you had Josh Donaldson who absolutely clobbered a pitch to the deepest part of Great American Ballpark there in left center field. And I thought for a minute, I was really worried. As you see the fly ball keep trailing back and back toward the wall, Michael Lorenzen was out there in center field. You had Phil Irvin in left field, who was brought in earlier to pinch it for Jesse Winker. And they both looked like they were about to collide whenever Mike... You know, Michael Lorenzen called Irvin off and was able to make kind of an off-balance grab, and then he got it into the infield. Mitch Morse was able to move over to third on the play, but then that brought up two outs, and Iglesias was able to induce a ground out by Freddie Freeman to end the game. But it's just a moment where you really you held your breath there. And, and actually, also talking about Irvin, he came in. A very interesting move by David Bell in the bottom of the sixth inning, as in the top half of that inning was when the Braves did their damage to take the lead from the Reds. And the Reds promptly loaded the bases on a base hit and a couple of walks. And so Jesse Winker's spot came up. But the Braves had a left-handed reliever in there. They had Jesse Biddle pitching and trying to play the matchups. So then David Bell does Brian Snitker one better and sits down Jesse Winker and brings up Phil Irvin. Jesse Winker was ready to go. He had all the stuff on about to go into the on deck circle and it looked like David Bell pulled him back and sent up Irvin. And for a moment there was a little bit I mean it 
these these guys are human, right? You can understand that if you were in Jesse Winker's shoes in that case, you'd be a little frustrated. Like, you're going up with the bases loaded, you're ready to go, and then all of a sudden, David Bell pulls you back at the last second and says, no, 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 sit down, I got a different guy that I want up there hitting. But kudos to Jesse Winker, because he had an opportunity to put himself in front of the team, to set down, sulk, and find a shady spot of the bench and just hide. He didn't. He was up on the fence, leaning over the fence, and whenever Phil Irvin just worked a beautiful at-bat into a walk that brought in a run for the Reds, he was the first one yelling, you know, making sure that he was congratulating his teammate on a job well done with that at-bat. Fantastic job. Hopefully that is a sign that while we like to nitpick and really overanalyze all of these managerial decisions because let's face it David Bell is giving us a ton of content to overanalyze when it comes to all of his decisions but we we like to assign this you know ooh is is it going to affect the locker room is can the can the locker room handle this is this something that these guys can get over i think these dudes are a close-knit group of players, and I feel like there's starting to be, it's starting to show that there's this, you know, close-knit mentality amongst the team that they are all ready to win, whatever it takes. You know, you heard it from a couple of guys during the offseason. You know, if, if you asked Jose Peraza where he thinks he's going to bat, or if you asked... Um, you know, Nixon Zell, where he's going to play, different things like that. Their answers all came back of, you know, whatever it takes to win. And maybe that is just, it's showing. It's starting to show. It's really early. And the Reds are starting to get their legs under them, 8-5 and five in their last 13 games. So maybe there's this good mentality amongst the guys that they all come together, and it does not matter who's up. They're all for one and one for all. I'd like to say that. I mean, you know, that's a real rah-rah way of putting it. But, hey, it happened well. You know, it worked out well tonight. The Reds were able to get the win. Real quick update before we end the podcast. Nick Senzel made his debut tonight in his very first at-bat. He got a single. I believe he did end up with just that one hit on the night. But Nick Senzel watch has officially begun since he is back healthy Doug Gray was down in Louisville to watch the game in person. I'm going to have him on the podcast here in the next couple of days. We're definitely going to talk Nick Senzel, so make sure that you are checking that one out. That'll do it for us today here on the Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Make sure, if you haven't already done so, hit that subscribe button to get each and every day a download in your podcast app for the Lockdown Reds podcast. Check us out on social media at Locked On Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And head on over to LockedOnReds.com for even more content about our mutually favorite team, the Cincinnati Reds. On tomorrow's episode, we're going to take a look at the second game of the series between the Braves and the Reds. And maybe even have a little bit of a throwback Thursday segment in there as well. Thanks so much for listening today, and I will talk with you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad 
free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.